I love mission. It's, it's one of those things that, um, I don't even know how to describe, that, that excites you in a way that nothing else does. If you have never been on mission, whether local or, or international, there is something about taking yourself out of your comfort zone and putting yourself in completely in God's hands and allowing him to use you to speak into the lives of people. And so we've got Chris. Chris is coming up and he's going to share with us um, just a little bit. And then we're going to have a bit of an interview and, and, and chat through what we do as a church. But Chris is, um, heads up our missions. And so he is all knowing about everything that is missions in the church. So we're going to look forward to hearing from you, Chris. Welcome up. Give him a big round of applause. Thank you. So, is this coming through okay? Can you hear, can you hear me? Is this turned on? Yep, great, okay. All knowing about missions, I mean, why do I need notes if that's the case? I, I don't know, it's, it's not quite right, is it? But thank you, Rachel. So haven't we had an amazing series of visions so far? Hasn't it been incredible? You know, we've been, we've been looking at the growing, we've been looking at the flowing, and now we're looking at the going. And, and you know, some of the things that, that we've heard have really challenged me, really challenged me over the last month or so. Um, Josh spoke last week and he... He quoted Bill Johnson, actually, and um, Bill Johnson, I, 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 he's one of my favorite speakers, I love listening to him, and he quoted, he spoke something a few weeks ago which blew my mind. I like coffee. Anyone like coffee? Yeah. Aaron likes coffee, I know Aaron likes coffee. Bill Johnson said this, his idea of a great cup of coffee is that he can walk on it without faith. <laughs> <laughs> it's so thick, it's so strong, you can walk on it without faith. But faith, I want to talk about faith this morning. It's a tenuous link, I know. But I want to talk about faith this morning and how it relates to mission. So bear with me on this, okay? We're going to look at two characters in the New Testament. We're going to look at Saul, who later became Paul. We're going to look at Ananias as well. And their paths intertwined on one occasion. So turn with me to Acts 9. I haven't got a, a, a slide of this today. So if you've got your Bibles, please open them up. Turn with me to Acts chapter 9. And this is when Paul um, met Jesus, when Saul met Jesus. And he was on the Damascus road. So we're starting at verse 3. And it says, as he was approaching Damascus, this is Saul, on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Just pause there for a moment. Saul had been instrumental in, in persecuting believers, persecuting Christians. He, was, um, he, he thought he was doing the right thing in, in the religious times of the day, but he wasn't. He was actually directly against what Jesus was trying to do in that time. In fact, he had, it says that he had breathed threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. So the voice said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. The men with, the men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there's a believer in Damascus named Ananias. 
the Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street, to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him in a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized, he's authorized by the leading priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales from, fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days and immediately began preaching about Jesus. Immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful. And the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. They could not refute that Jesus was the Messiah. So we've got two people. We've got Saul on the one hand and we've got Ananias on the other. Saul, let's look at him first. Saul, he was a guy who persecuted Christians, but his life was radically changed. His life was radically turned around and he became an, an, a hero of the faith, an amazing guy. Do you know he wrote 13 of the 27 books in the New Testament. That's incredible, isn't it? That's incredible. Uh, and those were Romans, both Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus and Philemon. You know, that's incredible. From where he started out to have his life so changed, to get there, absolutely incredible. Ananias, on the other hand, um, this Ananias, there are three mentioned in Acts, three mentioned in the New Testament. There was the first one, Ananias, who died because he lied to the Holy Spirit. Ananias, Ananias and Sapphira, remember that? Then there was this Ananias, and then there was Ananias, the high priest, later on, Acts 20, something or other. Uh, later on in Acts 28, I think. But for our Ananias here, this is the only time that he was mentioned in the Bible. We don't know much about him. We don't know where he came from really. We don't know where he was born. We don't know where he died. We don't know what else he did. He just seemed to crop up and then disappear. But what we do know is this. Through his openness to receive a vision from the Lord, through his openness to act on that vision, his obedience to act on it, even through fear, you know, God, do you know who this guy is, Saul? Do you really know who this guy is, Saul? He's against us. He's not for us, right? Even through all that, he was obedient to answer the call and get involved. And through that, Saul heard the gospel. Saul could see again, was baptized and was commissioned into a life of mission. So on the one hand, we've got Paul, missionary Saul, who became Paul, missionary extraordinaire. All-round cool guy. We've got Ananias. To be honest, he's a bit of a one-hit wonder, isn't he? 
Remember those? Do you still have those? I don't know. One hit wonder that we know of. There might have been other amazing things that he did, but only this one thing is recorded in the Bible. What I want to draw out of this is that without Ananias, we may not have had a Saul. Jesus, he wove their lives together in a rich tapestry. He wove them together so that they, they, their paths would cross for such a time as this and that the, the, the history would be changed. The future is marked. God has got a, got a, got a crossroads in Saul's life. And Ananias, Ananias was, was um, he responded to the call. He was obedient to the call. He intervened in Saul's life through Jesus and, uh, and Saul was saved. And Saul was commissioned. Talk about a U-turn. Ananias only had a relatively small part to play, but boy, what a part that was. And it got me thinking, you know, no matter how big, no matter how small the part that I've got to play in faith, in the faith journey is, no matter how big or how small it is, in building God's kingdom, changing people's lives, I, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to draw back when I should be advancing. I don't want to step back. I don't want to cower when I should be taking ground. You see, you've heard the phrase, there but, the grace of, but for the grace of God. Well, I really pray there by the grace of God. There by the grace of God for Riverside Church. There by the grace of God, we are taking ground. There by the grace of God, the kingdom of God is advancing. Amen? No matter how far outside of my comfort zone things get, I want to always be able to say, God's got this. God's got me. So the message is really simple this morning. When it comes to mission, we all have a part to play. Whether it's a life of missionary adventure, a life dedicated to mission with what I call a mission with a big M, you know, the, 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 the grand missionary theme, or whether it's mission woven into your life, whether it's mission into, your, into, into the workplace, into the community, into, into everything that we do, we all have a part to play. Just like Ananias. You might be a Saul who became Paul. You might be an Ananias. But I challenge you today, really seek God and be obedient where he leads. Because this is a missional life. If you intentionally look out for what God's doing and intentionally listen to what he's saying, he will guide you. He will lead you. He will lead me and guide me. So I shared this on Vision Night, so apologies if, if anyone's heard this before, but Matthew 22, 37 to 40 says, I want to recap on this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. See, we believe, here, we believe that as born-again Christians, mission should be such an integral, an intrinsic part of our DNA that it becomes an intentional part of our lives. I'm going to say that again because that was quite good. <laughs> we believe that mission should be such an intrinsic part of our DNA that it becomes an intentional part of our lives. Part of the very fabric of, who may, of what makes us who we are. See, Matthew 22 says, To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and elsewhere it says strength. That's the most important thing. 
Then it says to love our neighbour as ourselves. So the most important thing for our neighbours is also to love the Lord their God with all their hearts and mind and strength. And if we love the Lord our God all of our hearts and mind and strength, second thing, love our neighbours, it should be our calling, it should be something that's so natural within us to want to say, hey, look, I can show you there's a better way. I can show you how to love the Lord. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? How if it's so important to us, it's so important to everyone else. It's so important to the heart of God. And if it's so important to the heart of God, it's something that we should be transferring to other people. It should be infectious, shouldn't it? The very heart and essence of mission. So how does this fit into what we're doing here at Riverside? Well, we want to give every single person here the opportunity to be involved in mission in some way, shape or form. Whether that's in prayer, whether that's in giving, whether that's in actual undertaking missions, trips. Something, something changes within us when we become involved in mission. It's not just about the people that we reach. It's about who we are ourselves. So can you pray? Can you pray? Get involved in mission. Can you give? Get involved in mission. Can you go on a missions trip? Well, guess what? You're getting involved in mission. So this right here, right now, is like the departure lounge of an airport. And the destination we're going on is mission. Did anyone get their tickets this morning when they walked in? We're going to go through that later. Don't lose them, okay? These are important. These, these are really important, so don't lose them. Do you want to be on board the flight? Don't wait for the final call. Don't miss your calling into mission. Get on board and come along for the ride of your life. And we're going to be talking more about that. There's going to be an interview later on. And we're going to be unfolding the vision that we have for Riverside this morning. But right now, we're going to run a short video clip and uh, then some more. Thank you. It says to him is go. Leave everything you've ever known. Go to an unknown and uncharted place. And I will bless you and you will be a blessing. Go, Abraham. And then there's Moses, and God meets him in the desert and speaks to him and says, go Moses, go to the place you came from, to the people where you once were. Go because I am sending you. Go and help my people find freedom and redemption. Go Moses. And then there's Jeremiah, the prophet. He's young, he's inexperienced, he's afraid. And God says, go Jeremiah, I'm with you. And then there's Elijah, Esther, Ezekiel, Ruth, and many others who heard the call of God to go, and they went. And then the final words of Jesus to his disciples before he ascended into heaven, go. I've heard it said that you can be comfortable or courageous, but you can't be bold. That's true for Abraham, true for Moses, true for Jeremiah, true for you, and true for me. See, in the Bible, there are comforting words like forgiveness, freedom, and redemption, and adoption. But in the Bible, there are also commanding words like repent, believe, follow, and go. Maybe that's the words you need to hear today, to go. Go across the room, across the hall, 
go across the street, go across the campus, go across the city, the nation, go across the world, go. It's important for us to remember that this isn't just a command to go, this is an opportunity, an opportunity to bless and to bring hope and to be salt and to shine light in dark places and to give to others what was first given to us. You see, we don't just go because that's what good Christians do. We go because 2,000 years ago, God looked down on a broken and hopeless and hurting world and he looked on with compassion. And then he looked at his son, his one and only son, the one and only person who could do anything about it. And he looked at him and he said, go. And he did. And he lived, and he died, and he rose, and now he reigns. And now we go, because he did it first. He moved from heaven to earth so that we could move from comfort to courage, and so that's my prayer for you. Not just that you would move to a new city with a new zip code, but that you would move from comfort to courage. That we would all move from complacency to urgency. My prayer for you is that the most beautiful thing in the world to you would not be cars, clothes, and careers, but the gospel of Jesus Christ, to know him and to make him known. And my prayer for you is that today, you would put your yes on the table and you would leave it there to go wherever and whenever God leads you to go. And so I can't promise that it'll always be exciting. Can't promise it'll always be easy. Can't promise it'll always make sense, but I can promise you this, it will always be worth it. Well, if that didn't move you, I don't know yeah. what to prove you. Um, so we're going we're gonna to have a chat. Chris is going to join me in a moment. But before we did, one of the people um, that has made that um, step of faith to go is our new Pays worker. So, Mateus, did you want to just come round the front so people can see you? You'll know him because he's, um, he's uh, wearing his yellow Brazil top. join me up here look here you go so Matthias came in flew in yesterday got here just after 11 last night something like that um, and so he's probably absolutely exhausted but um, so look after him be nice say hello um, and and um, just tell us where you're from um, and just a little bit because I know you've been in England before just very briefly what you've yeah. done so I'm from Brazil <laughs> And yeah, I have been in England before, I think in 2019 to 2020. I have been in Liabe, I don't know if you guys know where it is, it's in Linto, real, like really close from here. But yeah, first time was a different experience. I know that now will be a different one. I think it's more responsibility because I know that now is like more a missionary thing, you know, more about lives than it was the last time. But yeah, I think it was like two years or three of preparation for being here. I was preparing in Brazil, so I feel that I'm ready to be serving here and to do what I will do here. So I'm glad to be here with you guys, and I'm glad to be serving in this church for this year. So thank you for welcoming me. Let's, let's give it, yeah. 
That's fantastic and great English as well. Much better than my Portuguese. <laughs> so I'm going to invite Chris to come and join me up here. And we're just going to just talk a little bit about some of what we've got going on as a church. Um, some of the mission partners that we um, partner with. Um, so Chris, we've got quite a few partners. Why don't you tell us just briefly about them and where they are in the world? Yeah, great. Well, thank you. I mean, it's it, we... we I've got to say, whatever we, whatever we talk about this morning, whatever we do, we can only do it because you are with us. Okay, it's such a team effort. And as a church, we really kind of punch above our weight uh, because we engage with so many people around the world. So I just want to thank, thank everyone, really, for, for partnering with that, with that work. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking really about global mission, but, you know, we mustn't forget, you know, really important mission on doorstep. The Alpha Course, which Joe and, and Mike um, really, you know, lead up really well, is... is uh, is fantastic. Uh, and the other things that we, that, you know, that, that go on in this house, we, we haven't got time to mention them all today, but, you know, it's, it's, in, it's mission, relational evangelism mission. It's really great stuff. But throughout the UK, we have, um, we, uh, we, we engage with Revive Newbridge. Gareth and Hannah obviously were, um, were part of this church for, for many years. And we've got some, got some slides. I don't know if we've got those on, on there. So, yeah, Gareth and Hannah. Um, we, we also engage with uh, Bethel Community Church in Red Ruth, with Jay and Ruth Gunn, uh, way down in, in deepest, darkest Cornwall, don't we? Yep. Um, and also, let's not forget Exmouth. So there are somewhere between 35 and 40,000 people who live in Exmouth. I think it's the fourth largest town in Devon. And, you know, it's going to be unfolded about uh, relaunching Riverside Exmouth over the, ne the next few weeks and months. And that is so exciting. You know, this is all our home-based mission type thing. But then further on into Europe, you know, we, we, we're engaging with Gianni and Angela Gator in, in Vienna, Austria, which, which, is, which is, you know, absolutely, absolutely great, isn't it? And some of the things that they're doing in church planting over there is, is inspirational. We've got Guitar Raid um, with Dave. Um, Dave, stand up, take a bow. In-house, there, yeah. Dave. Uh, and Dave and Guitar Raid really work predominantly, I think, I'm right in saying, in, Mo in Eastern Europe. Uh, and the, the heart is, in case you don't know, the heart is to, uh, to, to birth the heart of worship and facilitate the heart of worship in communities uh, who are less privileged than ours. And so they, they sew guitars around, around the world. It's fantastic. Yeah. No, and what I would say is Dave loves to talk. It's, it's such a passion of Dave. He loves to talk about it. And he'd love to show you his guitar aid office. So if you, if you, if you are interested in that, catch him, talk to him about it. It's, it's such an amazing mission field. And he's doing such an, a great job there. Um, and, and he just loves to share that vision with you. So do make sure you seek him out and just say, Dave, I'd love to see what's going on, or, you know, what you've got going on. So that's our local in-house missionary. Yeah, great. We've also got looking at worldwide now. We're looking at uh, Janet Wheeler, who uh, for many years was an administrator, a missionary administrator in, in Ghana and still involved over there at this, at this time. Claire Rogers, River Valley Church in Minas, uh, Minneapolis St. Paul in Minnesota. And she, uh, she preaches, she uh, serves with the homeless community, she um, works with women's groups as well. Yes. You know, incredible work that goes on. 
Eric and Sunel Stoneman in Wiesenberg in South Africa, uh, part of the YWAM team there. I was talking to Eric just a couple of days ago. And what they're involved with, launching a new season of, of, of teaching is incredible, absolutely incredible. We've got, um, who else have we got? We've got Riverside Church Kenya, uh, which, which Rose started, didn't she? And Rose planted. We've also got Cam Rwanda, who are quite a new relation for us, um, but um, they do work to, uh, to, to intervene into situations for people who have been ostracized from society. And it's quite, what, people are being rescued out of quite harrowing circumstances and situations. So what they do is really quite, quite amazing. Uh, and that's in addition to Open Doors, who we relate with, um, Compassion UK, who many people, you know, over 40 people in this, in this fellowship sponsor children through Compassion UK. You know, that is so great. And also we're looking at potentially linking up with uh, IJM, <coughs> excuse me, International Justice Mission. Um, and, and in fact, we're, we're blessed in that we've got um, Claire Mulrooney from IGM going to be joining us for a short time on the 9th of October in the morning. Going to be sharing just a little bit about what they do. Um, so come for that. That's going to be really good. And I could go on. Anyway, you there you go. You could. Sorry. So we so we have loads, loads of missionary partners. Like you say, we're, we're, we're not a, a big, huge church, but we do have a big voice. We shout very loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're excited about that because that's what Jesus asked us to do. Um, so what are some of the missions trips that we've actually got going in the next year? Right. So we are looking at... Um, a, a kind of a youth-oriented trip up to uh, Newbridge, South Wales, with Gareth and Hannah. So that's going to be coming off within the next 12 months, which is really exciting. Uh, Bed Bethel Church in Bethel Community Church in Redruth, we're looking at, uh, at just coming alongside them and helping them through their journey at the moment. Again, and, and we're not quite sure what form that will take over the coming few months, but there's going to be some kind of link-up and liaison there, which, which is great. Kenya. Uh, we are going to be running a trip in February next year to Kenya to join with the work of, um, of uh, Riverside Church in Kasumu in Kenya, which was the church that Rose planted, uh, to continue her legacy, you know, to, um, to lead seminars, lead seminars there, um, to get involved with local street um, evangelism, house evangelism, house-to-house -house evangelism, school activities, kids' clubs, uh, and also women's meetings for the for the ladies who are going. So you know that it's going to be quite a quite a wide ranging remit. And also there's going to be the opportunity to link up with people who sponsor Compassion Kids in uh, in in Kasumu, which is which is fantastic. June 23, June next year, we're looking as well to go to Rwanda and link up with Cam Rwanda um, to join with them and uh, look at church leader training. So we're going to be engaging with that. We're going to be looking at there's, there's potential as well for a for a, a mission crusade type activity when there's there's uh, four to five thousand people expected to attend church leader training. But also what Camera Rwanda want us to experience is 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 to experience something of where the country has come from. People remember the Rwandan genocide from years ago, and uh, how the country has come through that. And, uh, and is, is now on a firmer footing and going forward. So there's going to be a visit to the Genocide Museum as well um, to look at the history and then the practical application of God's love in the community now. So it's going to be a really amazing trip. The other thing with that is we are also going to see some of the beauty of Rwanda. So we are going to, for, for those that want to go 
on it, there's going to be a trip to do a bit of a mini safari. So I, I know that doesn't sound like mission, but, um, the, but they, they very much wanted us to see both sides of the country, the, the, the horror of what had happened, but e or equally the beauty of the country. And I believe they call it the Switzerland of um, Africa, don't they? It's so That's stunning right. there. So that will be really nice as well. But obviously still a very broken community. It, it is, uh, it is. And, um, but, but, the, but with organisations like Camerawanda, community, community Action for Mercy, it's really trying to, to bridge those gaps in community and try and link people together in the name of Jesus, which is, which is incredible. Yeah, so, so one of the things that we are going to do um, is we are going to take a collection for Camruanda. Um, so one of the areas particularly they, they work with is in, in the country, educationally, um, they, they are, are struggling, particularly in um, sexual health and things like that. So what we're finding is a lot of girls are being assaulted um, um, falling pregnant are then cast off by their families because of the shame of it even though it, it is not, not any fault of their own but there's a shame attached to it and then we have these young girls often teenagers with a child with nobody to look out for them um, and they find themselves forced into an industry then uh, the very thing of the the abuse and the assault that's happened to them to try and raise money to feed a child and so what Camruanda does is it, it works with these girls it looks after their children helps feed them and it puts the girls back into education so that they can finish their education they can be trained in a trade and that they can they can make money from um, sewing or, or different things there's different areas that they, they train them in so it's a massively important um, work that they do in actually giving these girls their dignity back, um, giving them a life, a safer life, um, and, and a lot of these girls, and educating families. And so one of the things they often do is reconciliation between families, educating families, um, reconciling families uh, together, and um, that that is an incredible thing yeah. that they're doing. Yeah. So um, that's just a couple of the things. And, and for the trip, we will be going to see some of those projects um, and meet some of the, the babies and the children and the mums um, and the class that they go in the, the education places. So um, as well as constructing a house, because I believe that they've built a couple of um, homes, um, huts, for, for some of the mums as well. So we'll be involved in that as well. So that's exciting. It is really exciting, yeah. So... Um you mentioned about the, the offering? Yeah. So, so what we're going to do, for, like I said earlier, um, for them to get out to some of these um, villages that, that are quite a long way out, um, they are having to walk and their staff are having to walk. Predominantly, their staff are volunteers. Just to let you know, um, over the last few months, Riverside Church has employed a care worker out there full time. So we have a care worker out in Rwanda um, supporting these mum and babies um, out there already. So we're super excited to go and meet her. Um, 
but, but yeah, there's a lot of walking involved for them. And so they're talking about a vehicle, they're talking about a motorbike initially, um, but it, if, if we can raise enough, they might actually get a car because then they can get more than one or two people out there. Um, so that's what we're going to do in a moment. We're going to take an offering to see if we can get them a vehicle so that they can get out to these villages, they can spend more time out there. Um, it will give them uh, a vehicle, if they can get a car, give them a vehicle in order that they can bring um, people that may be sick or, or children that may be sick into the city to get the, the care that they need there. So it's a really important thing. Um, so do pray while we're just carrying on chatting. Yes, yeah, so uh, just to give you a bit of uh, insight, the care, the care worker that we are employing full-time costs around about $75 per month. That's a full-time salary for a care, for a care uh, worker out in Rwanda. If they were to hire a car to transport the care worker around, that costs $75 a day. That's the, the disparity in cost out there. And uh, a, a motorbike, perhaps $20 a day to, to rent, to hire. So that, that is really unsustainable, can't do that. But from their hub, from the hub, the base that they work from, to get to the various interventions that they work with is, as Rachel said, it's 25, between 25 and 40 kilometers, which is a long walk. Um, so we really want to, if we, can, if we can help supply a vehicle, then we can enable the care worker and the rest of the team to actually achieve so much more uh, in their working day, in their, in, in their lives, really. So that's really the heart of it, isn't it? It is, it is. And you may feel that actually um, I don't have the opportunity to go out to one of these countries on mission, but this is something that I can do. Um, we can sow into people. Isn't it amazing? We can sow into people over the other side of the world and make a difference in their lives. So, th so that's super exciting. So your tickets, Chris, do you want to explain the tickets to people? Yeah, so there's, there, have you, uh, everyone got a ticket? Yeah. Great, okay, so... Kingdom Airlines, we're, we're fly, flying the right flag, flying the right colour. There is a, a flight reference number on the bottom. There, there's a bit, of a bit of a puzzle there, which I think has been set. So um, if you just want to try and work out what that is, MT28, gate 1620. Um, and on the tear-off slip on the side, uh, there are six options. So if you feel, when you pray, if you feel that you're, you're, you'd like to know more about these, these mission trips which are coming up, then just tick the destination you're interested in and put your name on, on, on the slip. Give it back and uh, we can, we'd love to talk to you about what's going on. I really would. As I say, it's, you know, we want everyone to be involved in some way about, uh, with, with mission. Uh, and just to let you know as well, you know, we are looking further afield as, as to missions trips, maybe to Vienna uh, and maybe to Eastern Europe as well. So there's going to be something for everyone, really, within reason. There's going to be something for everyone, whether it's Exmouth or Africa. So, yeah, fill in, fill in the details at the bottom. We have Exmouth. We've got local mission. We've got uh, Wales. We've got Cornwall. We've got Kenya. We've got Rwanda. So please do, you know, fill it in, give it back, and we'd love to talk to you. Fantastic. And do just remember, you know, there is your mission field is where God has placed you. So that will often be in your workplace, your school, wherever God has put you is your mission field. And God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us um, and in our local um, place that he's put us. And so sometimes we can look 
really far away and go, that's mission. But actually, where God has placed you is the most important mission, your family. God has placed you in your family that you can um, speak into their lives and that's be right. salt and light. So, so, so don't forget that. For you know, it, Sometimes we look so far afield that we forget, actually. And, and it, it comes at a cost. I am not going to lie to you. Mission comes at a cost. It comes, if you're traveling, a financial cost. If it's in your family, sometimes there's an emotional cost to, to being brave enough to actually share with your family about the love of Jesus. But it is so worth it. If you've ever led somebody to, to the Lord, there is nothing quite like it. You know, knowing that person is going to spend their eternity in heaven with Jesus it is the best gift that you can give somebody. Yeah. So don't forget about your around the mission field around you that God has placed you in as well.